The norm, I suppose. She's not said she's worried about her, not that I remember anyway. And Sally's not said if Lucinda's unhappy, or if she's got a boyfriend, or, or if Kate pisses her off to the extent that she'd run away from home. Do you think Kate pisses her off? I ask. Don't all mothers piss their teenage daughters off? I suppose, but... I stop myself. Oh, Christ, Joe, we, we shouldn't be discussing this. We, we really shouldn't. Kate is falling apart in there and we're here debating if her daughter has got the ump about something. But it is possible, he says. Yes, and it's also possible our daughter would run away, but do you honestly think she would? He doesn't answer, just looks up at the house and unclicks his seatbelt, signalling that we'd better move before someone sees us. We'll leave the taxi in the lay-by and walk towards Kate's, her breath making soft clouds as it hits the raw air. As we start up the front path, the door opens, and a uniformed police officer comes out. He's carrying two laptops, and the sight of this makes my blood run cold. I feel like I'm watching the news, watching events unfold in someone else's life, not Kate's. The PC's young and fresh-faced, and he nods to us as we stand aside to let him pass. Then he does a double take as he sees Joe. All right, Joe, he acknowledges. Rob, Joe replies. But that's it. That's all they say. I don't ask how Joe knows him, because I'm almost at the house and my stomach is heaving. The postbox red, highly glossed front door has been left ajar. I don't press the doorbell. It would seem too much of an assault to hear its loud, shrill tone right now. Instead, I knock lightly and go straight in, something I've never done before in all the time I've known Kate. I hear the low murmur of voices and pause there in the hallway, gathering myself. Joe's come in behind me and I feel his touch on my shoulder. Go on, he urges silently. Go on, move forwards. You'll be okay. But I'm not okay. The door to me right, the drawing room, or lounge as it's known in our house, is shut tight. They're all in the den. I walk in. The room is filled with bodies. I don't see Kate's face at first as she's sitting down. My view of her is blocked by a couple of farmers from up the valley who are telling Guy where they'll begin their search. But I know she's there, and I freeze, unable to advance any further. Kate's sister, Alexa, is a few feet away, and when she sees me, her jaw tightens. Her husband, Adam, is with her, and for a moment, I think he will approach. But then, I sense he's been told not to. Embarrassed, he looks away. The two farmers in front of Kate part, and suddenly, there she is. She takes one look at me and crumples, like she's been deboned, spatchcocked, like a chicken. She can't speak for crying. I crouch down in front of her and take her hands in mine. Her skin is ice cold. Kate, I'm so sorry, I say. 
I'm so sorry I've done this to you. I'm so sorry I let this happen. She's nodding and crying because she knows. She knows I'm not a bad person, knows that I'm not lax and uncaring and sloppy. She knows that, even though I can never be the mother she is. I try my best. I cup her hands in mine, but there's a tremor coming from deep within her that's spreading out to the ends of her limbs. I feel as if I'm holding a small, trapped bird in there, and my instinct is to drop my head, lift her fingers to my lips. I had been so scared she'd blame me publicly, so frightened of her reaction. Now I realise she's too damn terrified and heartbroken to start shouting. It's all she can do just to stay sitting upright.